FM 99.9 KMOJ, a little bit of Chaka Khan, and love you all my lifetime. That means from beginning to end, and even tomorrow. Think about that one for a minute. A little bit of cuology for you. 35 minutes after the hour, 3 o'clock within the Twin Cities, and letting you know that Little Moments Count. It's a show that happens every other Tuesday, and I'm letting you know right now this episode is brought to you in part with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focusing on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development for the first three years of one's life. Now, we're looking at 80% of the brain's growth happens within the first thousand days of a small person's interactions, like talking, playing, reading, singing, the list goes on. And on Little Moments Count, if you like more information, you can always go to littlemomentscount.org. And on the phone line, I got Mr. Andre Dukes. I like to say, uh, good early afternoon, sir. How are you feeling? Hey, hey, family. How are you, Q-Bears? Good to hear your voice, man. Man, I always no feel like I'm at a family reunion when I hear your voice. Hey, well, that, that's what happens when you ain't talked to somebody in a while and you finally get back at them. Man, it's, it's, know, it's a family it's been reunion too long. for real. And, and for, yes, sir. For the listening audience, give us just a little bit about yourself. I know, but then at the same time, uh, where are you at? What's going on? What you doing? Yes, sir. Well, I currently serve as Vice President of Family and Community Impact here at the Northside Achievement Zone, where we are working with children and families. They're really in multi-generational poverty, but we look at education and whole family supports as the two levers to make that happen. And so we're working, walking alongside uh, families to really help them set goals that puts them on this track to both college um, and career readiness, but then also stabilizing the family around economic mobility. And so um, those ingredients working together is how we see ultimately over time ending multi-generational poverty here in our community, the brilliant, bright community of North Minneapolis. No doubt, no doubt. And, and, and doing a great job, a great job quite as well, just for that record. Because every time I go someplace and I see you being from a distance or up close, with that eye contact and that head nod, it always got to take effect. I think we need to just get back to that for everybody. I think we'll be a lot more yeah. calmer, you know what I'm saying? But, but for the yeah. audience, when it comes to what we're talking about today, we're talking about the uh, post-pandemic brain building. Uh, for that yeah. in that area, give us just a little bit about it because we know the pandemic's been here. It ain't going nowhere, but there's a lot of different changes that have taken place. So uh, when we talk about it, yeah. what changed for children and families during the pandemic? Yeah, so as someone that really focuses on infant mental health, you know, the question continues to stick in my mind, you know, how did this pandemic impact development and particularly our babies? And in my research, what I found was that, you know, the pandemic began in March of 2020, and it ended somewhere um, around the same time, March or May in 2023 is really the way that they are looking at um, the time frame. And what I discovered when I did my math, if you look at March 11th is when they really you know, announced that we were in a pandemic of 2020 to 2023. That's about 1,000 days. 
And so um, it's a little over 1,000 days, but it really represented that first 1,000 days of a baby's life. And so if a baby was born on the morning of March 11th, they spent their entire first 1,000 days in a pandemic. And so the question for me just became, so what changed? Did that impact their development in any way? And so we really want to look at, you know, what were some of the conditions that were happening. Uh, when I look at 2020, we started sheltering in place. Um, many businesses were closed. We were wearing masks. Um, we, many families were working remotely. Um, we were doing um, a lot of distance learning with the schools closing, and our health systems were strained. And so what was the impact that that had on families? Uh, when I look at 2021, you know, families started to adapt and we started expanding the use of technology and really um, seeing that as an innovation, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But then, you know, doing sister, the social distancing, getting vaccinations, um, making sure things were sanitized, like our, our world was really changing right before our very eyes. And by the time we got to 2022, you know, it was all about the year of the hybrid. You know, people were working hybrid schedules, and some people were online, some people were in person. But um, just how that impacted families in general, and then how in turn did that impact families' ability to impact the trajectory of child development over time. And so um, what we know changed for families in general um, is really around fewer social interactions outside the homes, uh, closing child care centers, um, fewer slots in child care being available, um, resources being limited, um, a lot of, you know, the workforce of child, um, child care were leaving the workforce, and so a lot of them were parents themselves choosing to keep their babies at home. Families were relying on secondary caregivers and technology to kind of help with the interactions and the care, the caregiving of their children. But then we also know that there was a lot of stress this time, stress for the parents, stress for, you know, extended family members. Um, and that in turn had an, an, a direct impact on children and their development as well. But, you know, families were figuring it out. They were finding ways to still spend time with their children, still have play dates, even if it was, you know, virtually. But all of those things were important in terms of the development of the children. It just looked differently as it relates to the environment that, that came from the pandemic and all of the things that we had to do to keep ourselves safe as a community, but still provide quality interactions for our children related to their development. Now, when we're talking about, you know, child development and talking about those first thousand, you know, days, you know, and starting it out. But then now we're looking at all the different things that have came about. You know, we talk about George Floyd. We talk about all the different lineup of racisms. We talk about a whole lot of different things. And we're talking about families and having to adjust. Um, what, what would you say to, to someone that's out there that's going through it? Because sometimes some of us don't know that we're going through it. What would you say to them? Absolutely. I think one of the things that um, really started to emerge in the pandemic is this ideal of wellness. 
And the fact that, you know, many of us were having mental health issues, and mental health is a spectrum, and so, you know, we have higher levels of stress, and we deal with stress differently. And so I think that a lot of parents felt isolated, um, did not feel like they could um, express what they were going through to friends and family for fear of judgment and all of these things. And so one of the things that we try to encourage parents um, families to do, and parents in particular, is to talk to somebody. Tell them what you are feeling, what you are experiencing. Don't isolate yourself. Don't bottle your feelings out. This was a tough time that we had to go through. When you think about the limited resources, when you think about families struggling to maintain employment and keep food on the table, yes, we're, we're going to be stressed out about those things, but the worst thing that we can do, and it goes back to that sense of community, we cannot isolate ourselves. We have to find trusted individuals that we can talk to and to help navigate some of these issues. And then, you know, really reaching out to the community for supports and finding out where are, you know, the places that I can go to, you know, really deal with my mental health, to really, you know, deal with with um, wellness issues. I think, you know, places like, you know, safe places like churches and um, other places in the community where you can get, you know, mental health supports, um, where you can go and do mindfulness activities and, you know, practice yoga and all of these things that help our wellness. We have to find those places, seek them out, and engage in those activities. Now, when we're looking at, 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 at going back to the youngsters, the little small ones, because now with everything you just said, it talked about the adult side of it and the parents and some yep. things that they have to do to adjust and balance things out in order to make some things better. But when we're talking about that innovations and we're talking about you know, brain building, and we're talking about the little shorties, the little youngsters. What would what, yeah. what you say since the pandemic, can we do, should we do, or should we be looking at? Yeah, I think the main thing with the innovations is our use of technology. And so I think that, you know, as a society, we have learned um, that technology can be a good thing. Um, we've talked for many years about, you know, limiting screen time for children. Um, but what we have discovered is that, you know, if it is managed well, it can also be a great asset for families. And so, you know, using um, videos and um, YouTube, you know, as, you know, teaching tools is really a great um, asset for families even video games, and we talk a lot about video games, but what we have learned is that video games help to increase problem-solving skills and um, body coordination. And so these were, you know, some important things. I think um, even as it relates to, you know, books, we saw a lot of um, children's books that were published um, from our community. Let Let me just add, we have a lot of authors of black children's books in our community, and those books, you know, served as great um, tools for parents to read to their children um, in a culturally responsive and appropriate way to talk about, you know, their beauty and their hair and to help them, you know, develop a strong sense of self-esteem and identity. Um, there have been podcasts that have been created uh, for parents to talk about issues of race and um, how, you know, you mentioned, 
you know, we were going through a lot of this civil unrest as it relates to race issues. And so um, just being able to talk to our children about what's going on in their environment and using podcasts to have those conversations. But then also, you know, there have been a lot of um, asynchronous learning tools that have been created that, you know, um, children can go online and go through fun activities um, using these asynchronous modules um, to help them with their learning, especially if they are not able to make it to school or, you know, when we were doing the distance learning, you saw a lot of these things start to um, emerge. And so these are helpful tools, but they have to be managed appropriately and they have to be um, assisted by an adult as well. I, I you know, just want to emphasize that, you know, anything that we do with technology cannot um, replace that in that one-on-one interaction with a caring adult and that's what's most important no doubt no doubt if someone would like to get in contact with you uh how can they do or what can they do in order to make that happen yeah so they can reach me at the north side achievement zone i can be emailed at a dukes at the dash n a z dot org um, or you can um, call our office here at 612-521-4401, and you can reach me through um, our live land line. So um, those are the ways that I can be reached, and I would love to uh, connect with anyone who has questions. No doubt, no doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Mr. Andre Dukes, I'd like to say thank you very much for the time and the opportunity. All right? Thank you, Q. Good to hear from you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Have a sir. Good day. No doubt. And ladies and gentlemen, if you like more information, all you got to do is lock in at littlemomentscount.org backslash podcast. If you like to see it and you'd like to get a copy of it as well. And then even beyond that, Little Moments Count, you can check it out on the website at littlemomentscount.org. It's up from 89.9 KMOJ, no doubt about it. Walter Q. Bear Banks Jr. got you on the afternoon drive. Keep it right where it's at, where the listening is definitely good. KMOJ. Right. 